Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. We have an amazing show for you, but first, Let me talk to you a little bit, Longhorns Nation. So for all my Apple Podcast listeners, I sincerely apologize. I uploaded an episode entitled Arts to Austin on Tuesday. That episode was available everywhere but Apple Podcasts. It never uploaded to Apple. I'm not sure why. We sent emails. We made phone calls. And still, as of now, um, on on Thursday, it has not uploaded. So Um, I apologize for that. If you're interested in this episode, I thought it was really good. One of my best so far. You can find it on Spotify, Odyssey, Megaphone, or wherever you get your podcast. You can Google Locked On Longhorns. There's plenty of links to listen to it. Um, But once again, I sincerely apologize to all of my Apple Podcast listeners. Um, I do not know why that show did not upload, why that episode did not upload to Apple. And, you know, hopefully that's not an issue that we have to deal with moving forward. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Longhorns on YouTube for exclusive content and to put a face behind the voice of your favorite podcast. Make sure you like us, rate us, review us, give us five stars. Anything less than that, I have to believe you're not listening hard enough or you may be an Oklahoma Sooners fan or something of that such. We have a great show for you today. I'll be recapping the Texas versus Oklahoma game. They got a win in the Red River rivalry in overtime. I'll preview the Texas Tech game, which looks like a monster matchup. It already was, uh, but but coming into it now, definitely uh, it's going to be one of the biggest games of the college basketball season, not just in the Big 12, on Saturday in Austin. And then I'll kind of recap um, the segments I talked about on Tuesday uh, for my Apple Podcast listeners. We had a really good segment about Sports Illustrated dropping their way too early Big 12 predictions, so I'll just kind of run through that really quick. And I also had an Arch Manning update. And since that episode, we've had another Arch Manning update. So I'll talk about the update I had and then the update we've gotten uh, thus far. So you know how we do it on the podcast, Longhorn Nation. Let's get into it. So before the game, I I was kind of looking at, you know, the spreads and the lines. And I saw that the Ozbankers had Texas and Oklahoma really close, evenly matched. And even like towards the end, like right before tip off, they had Oklahoma favorite in the game. And I'm not sure if it was because um, I found out, you know, during the game that Trey Mitchell had took a leave of absence from the team. Maybe that has something to do with it, but I was confused. And so I put a healthy, and I, when I say healthy, it was sizable. You know, I put a, I put a little nice little chunk of change on Texas to win the game. Cause I was confused. I'm like, I know my Longhorns not about to go out here and lose to no Oklahoma Sooners. I know that <laughs> for a fact. Right. And so, you know, typically, you know, there's a reason Vegas looks the way it does, you know, so um, fortunately that that bet paid off for me, but it would look close for the majority of the game, and it was like Texas could never pull away. The announcers kept saying um, it feels like Texas is up 14 because Oklahoma was just playing so out of source. They couldn't make shots, anything like that, and neither could Texas, and so Texas was able to hold them off, but they could only lead by one or two points, and it was a weird game overall. So one of the shot clocks for one of the teams was not working. It wasn't working on one side. So in like the spirit of fairness, they turned both shot clocks off 
and the announcer, I've never seen this before, the announcer had to count down from 10. Every time the shot clock got to 10, he had to count down from 10 to 1. So all of a sudden you just hear, like, Texas is in their half-court offense or Oklahoma's in their half-court offense. You hear 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. It just added, like, an extra layer of suspense. I'm like, only in college basketball, only in the Big 12, only in the Red River rivalry. And, of course, you know, two teams that I thought weren't evenly matched went to overtime. Texas was able to win 80 to 78. And I thought the the biggest keys really won Kristen Bishop Bishop with 16 points. He was huge. Um, Just kind of stepping up in that role, playing more minutes uh, with Trey Mitchell leaving. And he's just been a beast um, on the offensive glass in the post, Uh, you know, kind of getting offensive rebounds, putting them back, getting some tough buckets. Like they would get the ball down to him down low. Um, and I think him and Timmy Allen do a great job of, of pump faking down there in the post and finishing uh, when they get that close to the rim. That's tougher than it looks, you know, and, and I, they have a really high success rate on their layups, which has been great for Texas, a team that doesn't get a lot of easy baskets um, for them to be able to score that easily around the rim with those two players. I thought Marcus Carr was really aggressive down the stretch, not earlier in the game, but you could tell kind of Chris Beard maybe, you know, spoke some words into uh, the entire team because towards the end of the game, uh, Marcus Carr just said, I'm going to get to the rim for better or worse. I'm going to take um, dribble, penetrate, take my defenders off the dribble for better or worse. We saw a couple of times he was able to get to the rim. If he couldn't make the layup, he got to the free throw line. Um, a couple of times he stopped on a dime and either turned around or stepped back uh, for a jumper, which he was able to make. And really the two biggest plays of the game were when Marcus Carr got to the rim. It was well defended. But then Timmy Allen was able to crash the glass because um, nobody was boxing him out. And put the ball back in on, on the offensive uh, board. So uh, Timmy Allen scored 20. And I think really in our last two wins against Kansas and then now uh, against Oklahoma, he was the best player on the floor. Andrew Jones was huge again, coming off the bench with, with 20 points. He has killed Oklahoma in his career. He's five and three against Oklahoma. He's now averaging 17 points against the Sooners, including 21 points a game this year and two wins against Oklahoma. Um, so Marcus Carr and Christian Bishop with 16, and then Timmy Allen and Andrew Jones with 20. No other Texas player had more than four points. So it really just came down to four players uh, making, you know, <laughs> the majority of the effort. And I thought Devin Askew, he played a lot of minutes. Uh, Texas was in foul trouble. Courtney Ramey was in foul trouble the majority of the game. I thought he was he was uh, really good with his minutes. He didn't score a lot, but he did some great things passing the ball and breaking down the defense. You know, sometimes we – it's you don't get a lot from Devin Askew a lot. And, and sometimes I ask myself, like, wow, this player tr- uh, transferred from Kentucky. You just think he would be a lot better. Um, but you see the talent. Like, you see the skill, and he's still really young. Uh, but it just pops out at, at random times. But I thought that he did a good job of stabilizing um, the Texas offense while he was in. And, and his minutes were a plus for the Longhorns while he was on the floor. On the Oklahoma side – um Tanner Groves was non-existent and I think that was probably great for the Longhorns even though they had to deal with Elijah Harkless um who kind of came out of nowhere and, and had a great game Emoja Gibson was unstoppable from the three-point line uh, Jordan Goldwire who looks like one of the fastest players in college basketball um, was just continuously putting pressure on them getting to the hoop um making tough floaters getting to the free throw line and then Jonah Hill made a really clutch bucket um down the stretch in regulation winning overtime but ultimately, it just was too much uh, for the for the Longhorns, um, too much for the Sooners, I should say. And, and they couldn't take care of business at home 
against the Longhorns, and this really was a must win. Um, Texas Tech looks dominant, right? Texas Tech looks like the best team in the Big 12 right now. We'll talk about them in a little bit. So Texas needed this win. I needed this win. Once again, I told you I put a little, you know, a, a nice size wager on my Longhorns, you know, so I, I was able to scream a, a loud hook them at the game and, and throw up the sign. But, you know, Chris Beard talked about after the game, like this team just has to find consistency, right? You look at it, it's it's up and down. It's it's really high highs and, and really low lows. And, and Chris Beard just said, we have to find consistency, consistency. And ultimately, that's what March is. The teams that are playing their best when it matters most. So tonight we won the game. And now let's see if we can get better after a win. We obviously got better after a loss the other day. Now let's see if we can get better after a win. Only mature teams can do it. And I'm banking on these guys doing that. Chris Beard, you're 100% right. I'm banking on these guys doing that as well in Austin, Texas on Saturday against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Longhorn Nation, I was watching, you know, the Baylor Texas Tech game last night. I'm, I'm doing a little scouting. I'm like, let me see how Texas Tech looks before this matchup um, on Saturday, you know, uh, against the Longhorns. And Baylor was up by seven and a half. And so I'm like, OK, you know, this this Texas Tech team, you know, they're they're good. But, you know, Baylor, Kansas, they're still in a different class. We're going to be OK, you know. So Texas Tech proceeds to outscore Baylor by 17 in the second half. They won that game by double digits. Of course, they're tough to beat. I mean, almost impossible to beat in Lubbock. Uh, so, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Patrick Mahomes was on the sideline. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. You know what? So, you know, when Texas went up there, Ric Flair was in there, you know, and then now they have Patrick Mahomes. So I guess you can just bring a, a different celebrity uh, to, the, to the game every time. You'll be all right. But I don't know what the key was, but they definitely – in the second half, took care of business. Um, you know, they said that, you know, they they dealt with a, a, a tirade from Mark Adams, the coach, at, at, a, at halftime. And so maybe he spoke some life into him. And they did come out and, and outscore Baylor in the second half, in that game by 17, won that game by 10. Um, and like I said, Texas Tech, they are scary right now. They look like one of the best teams in the nation, not just the Big 12. Um, they're so athletic. Everybody on the team, it seems like, is 6'6 and above. Um, they just have a group full of dogs. And we saw that, um, you know, when Texas played them and they lost 64 to 77. And so, really, the game didn't even seem like it was a 13-point game. They seemed like they were out of it um, longer than that. But, like I said, rearview mirrors, you know, we, we got to look forward to this Saturday in the matchup against Texas Tech. And Texas was able to get the win against Oklahoma. That was really huge. Um, because if you lose that game, right, after coming off the loss to Baylor and then you have to face Texas Tech for your next game, uh, things aren't looking great. But they got the win. 
Texas Tech got the win. And so now it sets up for this gargantuan matchup, part two of the, oh, my God, Chris Beard left me. I'm so sad series. You know, the Texas Tech fans uh, are salty. They'll never forgive uh, Chris Beard for leaving for a better job, you know, coming back to his alma mater. And, you know, Texas Tech has still had success this year. It's still a great program. And so, you know, but it's still, you know, no love lost uh, between the Red Raiders and, and Chris Beard. And we saw, you know, I, I, I don't know when Chris Beard became the villain of college basketball, but we saw at the end of the Oklahoma game, Chris Beard was walking out and a fan yelled, Chris Beard, you're soft. And Chris Beard actually walked up to him and you could see like, it was, I mean, it was like he had met his maker, you know, he, his face turned completely white when Chris Beard walked up to him. And of course he got on Twitter talking after, you know, like Chris Beard didn't put the fear of God into him, but I don't know, you know, Chris, somehow he's just become the, the, the enemy of college basketball. Maybe that's because the Longhorns are the, are the enemies, you know, everybody loves to, to talk about horns down and all of that, you know, they love to have our names in their mouths for no reason, but it's whatever, you know, we're the standard always have been always will be. So, you know, it, it comes with it. Watch the throne is what I would say to everybody else. Watch the throne. But as we get into this game on Saturday, it's going to be tough. It's already was going to be tough because of how good of a team um, that Texas tech is. And they have a lot of size and it's not a game where you want to be missing one of your biggest players. I mean, one of your most talented players in Trey Mitchell. And so I think the X factor for this game is really going to be Courtney Bishop. Now he's stepped up. He's really stepped up as of late recently, but definitely in Trey Mitchell's absence, I think he's going to have to, he had 16 points last game. I think he's going to have to have somewhere uh, between 15 and 20, probably a double, double dominate on the glass, probably three to four offensive rebounds um, score, you know, 15 to 20 points, really put pressure on them down low. I think Andrew Jones is going to have to continue his hot streak. Uh, just from three-point shooting, he tied for the lead in scoring the last game, was the leading scorer before that, um, and was really good against Kansas, too. He's going to have to make three, four threes. Courtney Ramey, uh, the last few games, we haven't really seen him be potent on the offensive end. He's going to have to come out and, and make some tough shots, make some threes. We're also going to need him on the defensive end, and Texas is going to have to defend without fouling. Marcus Carr is going to have to be aggressive the entire game. And so we see he kind of comes out and um, – it's like he he comes out and and it, it, this is a player Marcus Carr you know for those you who don't know he transferred from Minnesota he was averaging 19 a game just last year at Minnesota and it's like sometimes he comes out and and he just wants to be not even pass first it's like all pass and and so it's like it doesn't really catch up to him until the second half like oh I'm one of the best offensive players on this team but to beat Texas Tech there's he's not gonna need no halftime speech to to be aggressive he's gonna have to be aggressive from the opening tip, you know, he's going to have to be Minnesota Marcus Carr. Like it's going to take one of those efforts. Of course, Timmy Allen, we saw him dip. Um, he had 24 uh, against Kansas and then had eight points against Baylor. He's going to have to be in that 15 to 20 range. Your best players are going to have to be your best players. Um, and, and I don't know if it can be a situation where four players score against Oklahoma and then everybody's just kind of there. <laughs> you know, I, I think you're going to have to have um, four or five players in double figures, but still, um, you know, decent efforts from players like players like Devin Askew, um, you know, Brock Cunningham. They're really going to have to step up. You know, it's 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 funny because like we always say, like this is the biggest game of the season. But because big the Big 12 is the way it is, because the schedule is so tough, uh, every night is a dogfight. This Texas Tech game. So when we played Texas Tech the first time, that was probably the biggest game of our season. Then when we played Kansas, that was probably the biggest game of the season. Then Baylor was the biggest game of the season. 
and now Texas Tech again is the biggest game of the season. And depending on what happens in this game, when we play Baylor again, that might be the biggest game of the season. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to Saturday. Um, Going to be really emotionally invested in that game. Will not be putting any type of wager on that game or making any type of predictions on this podcast. I came out here and said that we would beat Oklahoma, and we did. So I'm going to quit while I'm ahead, you know, this Texas Tech team. I say you got to give respect respect where it's due. You know, obviously it's a rivalry. Um, they have some hate for us. We have some hate for them, uh, just like Oklahoma, you know. But I got to come on this podcast and, and be somewhat objective and, and tell you how well Texas Tech is playing, um, tell you that they look like one of the best teams in the country. Uh, they talked about on the broadcast how Texas and Texas Tech were both kind of like projected in the bracketology um, by Joe Lunardi on ESPN. They were both kind of projected as four seeds in the tournament, but they talked about how a win against Baylor uh, could push them all the way up to a two seed. And they were able to win that game kind of convincingly um, by 10 points. We outscored a team by 17 in the second half um, in Texas. So if they beat Texas, they, they are probably going to be a, a top two at the worst three seed in the NCAA tournament. And, and that's well-deserved and earned with the resume that they have. So, um, looking forward to the game on Saturday. Once again, it's going to be a tough matchup. Texas is going to have to bring everything that they have. Um, Chris Beard is going to be emotional this time. We're at home. The fans, um, you're going to have to bring that energy that they brought against Kansas, that, that court storming, that loud, um, you're going to have to make them feel you, you know, you have to knock, uh, Texas tech off their game a little bit. You have to make it a hostile environment. Uh, Texas tech is probably the more talented team. I hate saying that. Um, about my Longhorns, and, and I know that they still haven't reached their ceiling yet. They still haven't reached their potential, and hopefully Trey Mitchell comes back before the end of the season because he's a huge piece um, just to add to that puzzle. But, you know, it's it's going to take an all-hands-on-deck effort, and that's the coaching, the coaching staff. They're going to have to out-coach Texas Tech. The players, they're going to have to outplay Texas Tech. And the fans in Austin at the 40 Acres, y'all going to have to give them hell. All right, so – Quick recap of, of some of the segments I did on Tuesday. Sports Illustrated dropped their way too early Big 12 predictions for the year. I thought it was a great, a great article um, that had a lot of insight. You know, I, I joked on a podcast on Tuesday that I agreed uh, with everything nice they had to say about the Longhorns, and I didn't agree with everything bad um, they had to say about the Longhorns. But overall, I thought it was a really uh, well-written article. It gave some insight into what they think um, – the, the Big 12 is going to look like this year. And they had a lot to support it. So I'll just run through that really quick. They started off uh, with having Baylor and Oklahoma meeting in the Big 12 championship this year. And they had Oklahoma winning that game. Um, and a big reason for that, you know, a lot of people maybe not be familiar with, with what Oklahoma has been able to do. Of course, everybody knows that Lincoln Riley, um, the head coach at Oklahoma, left for USC, Caleb Williams, uh, one of the best, if not the best freshman quarterbacks last year, looking like one of the best quarterbacks over the next few years um, in college football. He left Oklahoma and followed Lincoln Riley to USC. And so a lot of people thought that Oklahoma would take a huge step back, especially they lost so many commits and uh, people transferred out of the program. But Brent Venables was able to come in and save the recruiting class, ending up with a top eight recruiting class. They had a top five transfer class led by quarterback Dylan Gabriel, uh, from UCF, who's had, you know, 8,000 yards and over 75 touchdowns in his career. So he brings that to Oklahoma, instantly steps in and, and becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 behind Quinn Ewers. Uh, so um, Oklahoma's going to be really good next year. And I can't – I don't agree with the pick. You know, I think Texas is going to win the Big 12, but can't fault them for saying Oklahoma 
um, is going to win the Big 12. And I think people are, are sleeping on uh, Oklahoma a little bit, which is which is hard to do. And um, they have Baylor. I, I think Baylor is going to take a step back. They have Baylor being second up in the Big 12, losing in the Big 12 championship. I think Texas is better than Baylor. Their top four rankings as the end of the season um, with their predictions, they had Oklahoma number one, Baylor number two, Texas number three, and Oklahoma State number four. So although I think Texas will be number one, I don't think that they disrespected Texas anyway. You know, we are coming off of a five and seven season, a season that where we lost six games in a row. So that is still high praise, you know, based off what we showed in last season. And they had West Virginia and TCU being the two bottom teams in the Big 12. I always forget that there's 10 teams in, in the Big 12. So I was looking, I was like, where are the other two teams? It always like I always forget that. Um, you know, our crazy conference that can't count. They talked about some of the the biggest risers, so some of like the, the position groups that would be a lot better next year. One of them was the Texas Tech defense, which they need. Texas scored 70 points against them last year, beat them by 35. So if Texas Tech has any chance of competing, that defense better be better, right? And so I think it will be. Um, I, I think it will be, but it won't matter. It won't be enough to beat Texas if they lost by 35 last year. What they'll lose by 21 this year. Uh, that's improvement, right? It's talked about TCU being better on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, you know, Gary Patterson came over to Texas. I think that's going to be huge for our defense. Um, he always had great defenses outside of the last few years at TCU. But, you know, I agree with Sports Illustrated on that as well. Uh, they'll be better on both sides of the ball than they were last year. And then they had uh, the Longhorns made the cut as one of the biggest risers in the position groups. This is something I've talked about a lot. The Texas receivers, we know um, Xavier Worthy had three catches of over 60 yards last year. Uh, So freshman All-American, we know how explosive he is. Uh, But I think Jordan Whittington, if he can stay on the field, we've seen uh, the flashes from him. Isaiah Nair, one of the biggest transfer gets this year coming over from uh, Wyoming. Um, He's just a beast that didn't see a lot of, you know, passes because they didn't pass the ball a lot at Wyoming. And so I think he's really going to break open our offense and then, Jatavian Sanders and Jaleel Billingsley at the tight end positions or, you know, flexed out wide. You can do a lot with them. And then, of course, B. John Robinson out of the backfield. That's a receiver, too, you know, with his playmaking ability. So definitely agree with Sports Illustrated. No argument on that one. That that's going to be one of the biggest risers in the position groups. And then some of the biggest fallers, um, I thought, you know, they did a really good job of talking about some position groups and in units that were great last year. They're going to take a step back. And one of the probably more obvious ones, uh, was Iowa State. So Brees Hall accounted for 32% of their offense last year. Quarterback Brock uh, Purdy, uh, tight end Charlie Collar, they all left. And so you have to wonder, will, will Iowa State be able to replace that production with those seniors that were there for so long? You naturally have to believe that Iowa State is going to take a step back. Um, they talked about Baylor and their secondary um, taking a step back. Their, their secondary was really good last year. Dave Aranda is a hell of a coach. I think that, you know, they'll still be really good on defensively. I worry about what they'll look like on offense. Um, but, you know, defensively, that that secondary um, definitely might take a step back. And then, of course, Oklahoma State's defense as a whole, um, they lost two All-Americans, uh, one second team, one third team on that defense, and they lost their defensive coordinator. He went to Ohio State. He was widely regarded as one of the best defensive coaches in the nation. And so I think that I agree with Sports Illustrated in that Oklahoma State's defense will take a step back. And so I think Texas will win the Big 12 next year. So I think they got it wrong in that aspect. But overall, it was a really good article. Uh, Check that out. Sports Illustrated, way too early Big 12 predictions for the year. I thought it was really, really well written. Really, oh my gosh, really well written. 
a tongue twister there for you. Really well written and uh, a lot of good stuff in that article. Quick uh, update on the, on the Arts to Austin, the March for Arts. Um, so on the podcast on Tuesday, for those of you that heard it, uh, you heard me mention that it was reported that basically Arch Manning was down to two teams. And, and that was going to be Alabama and, and Texas, which, you know, gave Texas a, a huge boost. We already talked about the possibility of David Cutcliffe, who worked with Eli Manning and Peyton Manning for um, a large portion of their careers, possibly joining Texas staff and, and, and how that could impact Arch Manning's recruitment. So I saw yesterday, that's what I talked about on, on, on Tuesday for my Apple podcast listeners. But I talked about on, uh, but yesterday I saw a story, excuse me, saying that two teams had been added. And so not only did that mean that, because they said two teams had been added, giving him a list of six schools. So not only did that mean that that report might not have been as accurate about Alabama and Texas being the only two teams, it also showed me that Georgia and Ole Miss, whether they have a distant chance or not, are still in the running. And so 24-7 Sports is reporting that Florida and LSU have been added to Arch Manning's list. I'm not sure um, are officially on his list. I'm not sure how much of a chance they have. It could be fluff. Um, it, it could be, you know, to throw off the trail. It, it, it could be a smoke screen. You know, it could be he feels obligated to take a visit, just wants to see what they have to offer. I'm not sure what it is. I still think um, that that report wasn't all the way, you know, wrong or, or misleading or anything. And sometimes, you know, we see things like this as journalism. But I, I think Texas and Alabama are still um, the top two teams for his services. And I think there's a little dip. Like I said, I was surprised that Georgia would get ruled out so early. So, you know, hearing this now, I think that Georgia still has a legitimate chance, you know, maybe LSU, depending on what they're able to do um, in Brian Kelly's tenure. But once again, I Texas fans, don't worry, don't fret, you know, don't panic, don't sweat. If you are sweating, you know, wipe it off. <laughs> I think that Texas and Alabama are still uh, the top two teams for the services of Arch Manning, the number one prospect, number one quarterback, in the 2023 class, and I think when it's all said and done, more is said than done. I like that saying, but I think that we'll get the, the verbal commitment. Like I said, more is said than done. We'll get the verbal commitment from Arch Manning, and then he'll put the pen to paper eventually and take over after the Quinn Ewers era and give us four to five years of elite quarterback play at the 40 Acres. Thank you, Longhorns Nation for continuing to rock with me once again to my Apple podcast listeners. I sincerely apologize if you can find Tuesday's episode anywhere on Google Locked On Longhorns. I greatly appreciate your listen. Thank you for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day and supporting me as the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. If you have any ideas, if you need an idea for your second listen, of course, make that Locked On Bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Longhorn Nation, I have a special episode of Fan Fridays coming to y'all tomorrow. If you're interested in being on Fan Fridays, hit me up on YouTube, Locked On Longhorns, on Twitter, Locked On Horns, or on my personal Twitter John Ball, I would love to have you on the podcast talking about your love for UT athletics. Thank y'all for keeping me going, Longhorn Nation. Peace.